Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid, top of the hour, one o'clock on the East. Great to be with you here on the show. As we got a lot to cover this hour, our preview of the Sonoma NASCAR race is coming up with Jim Sanis. Some good opinions, I think, on that. Gray Albright every Friday from Rasball joins us to talk a little fantasy baseball. We got fantasy or reality. We got George Kurtz in today for Davis Maddock. Davis has had a few days off. He Moved into a new house, so congratulations, of course, to Davis. But let's get to our headlines here on this Friday because we've got a lot to cover. Clippers and Mavericks, they'll play game six tonight. If you haven't been paying attention to this series, the road team has won every single game leading up to tonight. That's rare. We'll see what happens this evening. Two Stanley Cup playoff games tonight, Montreal, Winnipeg, Colorado, and Vegas. There are also 15 games on the slate tonight, provided no weather gets involved. So all 30 teams are in action. Tom Brady also posted video of him working out without a knee brace. He's worn a knee brace in workouts, games, pretty much everywhere. Uh, But he said he got his knee fixed up, and we'll see if that leads to a better season for Tom Brady. I don't know how it could have been much better, because they ended up winning the Super Bowl. No doubt about that. But, of course, last night was the final game of the playoffs for the King, LeBron James. Of course, LeBron James 14-0 in first-round playoff games in the NBA. That streak came to an end this year, courtesy of the Phoenix Suns. And one of the players who put LeBron James' season to bed was Devin Booker, who had a monster game for Phoenix yesterday. And LeBron was asked specifically about Booker and a lot of the younger players who were in the NBA and whether or not that kind of motivates him to get back at it and win another championship? Well, first of all, um, I love everything about D-Book. I've had numerous conversations with him in the past. And, um, you know, he continues to make the jump. And uh, when you want to be great in this league, um, and as he said, as Kobe Kobe told him to be legendary, when you want to be legendary in this game, you got to continue to improve not only your game, but you as a man and, and, and everything, both on and off the floor. And uh, all the conversations I've had over the years, um, you know, I could tell he soaked him up and has used him to his advantage. And, um, you know, everyone sees what he's able to do on the floor right now. But I think, you know, his maturity, um, him as a young man, is what I'm most impressed about. So um, I love everything um, about Book. So that's the that's the post-game interaction. Uh, secondly, um, I don't need uh, motivation, um, you know, from anybody in this league. I motivate myself. I'm motivated by my kids, by my family, and the love of this game. Uh, but take no, nothing away from it. Uh, there's some young guns in this game. Book, you know, Donovan Mitchell, um, Luca, uh, John Morant. Um, so many guys that's like 22 and under or 23 and under uh, who are just flat out special. And I was just to name a few. Uh, Jason Tatum. Um, let me not forget about him, how special he is. Um, but – you know, those guys are great, and the game will be in, is always going to be in great hands with guys like that. But my motivation doesn't come 
uh, from that. My motivation comes from, you know, like I said, my family, uh, myself, uh, my kids in my I Promise school back home that I, that I get an opportunity to see. Um, today was their last day of school. That was motivating to me um, and, and things of that nature. So uh, I'm past the motivated stage of, uh, of the younger group. LeBron James talking uh, pretty, I would say, candid and open uh, about the season coming to an end, George, there. I, I don't know how you feel about this, and, and I know that you uh, your, your focus is primarily Major League Baseball, NFL, and NHL. And I've talked a ton about here on this show is that I used to watch every NBA game. I used to play fantasy basketball. It was one of my favorite things. And, of course, as life takes you in different directions, some things kind of get cut out. But would you say that there are players in sports that are on the level, uh, George, of LeBron James, of Tom Brady, where, George, you're sitting in your living room, you have a choice on one of your televisions, and you just know that greatness is there and you want to see it? And I'm talking about aside from the Yankees, you know, because I know that's your team. But it's like I feel that way about Mike Trout, but I, I don't, like, I don't turn him on, you know, like when Bonds was on, I was like, wow, I got to see what Bonds is going to do. You know, like I just, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, LeBron and Tom Brady are those are. SportsGrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 seven as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more want the edge. Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Today, Craig Mish back with you here on the show. As always, we are joined on Fridays by Jim Sanis, who you can follow, of course, on Twitter at Jim Sanis. All of his work over at Number Fire. We break down the odds and DFS look over on the FanDuel Sportsbook for NASCAR. And coming up this weekend, they are back in California at Sonoma. That is a sight for sore eyes as we bring in Jim Sanis to talk about that. As uh, as NASCAR on the West Coast this weekend, Jim, and, and somewhere that I think that a lot of people will be looking forward to racing. I, I I don't. Did they race there last year, or did they skip that one? Yeah, it got scrubbed because of COVID. So they didn't go to Sonoma, and they didn't go to Watkins Glen. So the two like fixture road courses both got wiped out. And you know, you look at the drivers instagrams like they're they're pretty excited to be in wine country you can tell you know it's wednesday so you know it's friday whatever it may be they're good to go they're having a good time i think that they're as excited as anyone to be back in sonoma this week yeah i think so too a beautiful area to to uh to, to have a race this weekend and so that will be sunday afternoon so let's 
take a look over on FanDuel at the odds to win this race. And it, and it does seem like the favorites are back at top here as we have Chase Elliott, who is a very strong favorite to win this one at plus 240. I believe Truex Jr. may have won this race the last time they had it at mm-hmm. plus 430. Kyle Larson is plus 750. Kyle Busch is 9-1. to one. And then, of course, you could take a shot there with Denny Hamlin at 14-1. to one. Also, William Byron pops in at 14-1. to one. So, look, I, I suppose that being a veteran and, and having a win under your belt is important racing in this one. But the odds on FanDuel certainly aren't saying that. They pretty much are telling you who they think they're going to win this week. Yeah, they, they definitely are. And that's a thing to consider with betting. Because when I we talk about my simulations on this show every week, and... I can't get my simulations to be as high on Truex and Elliott as the sports books are. So I have to account for that. You know, I know that my win simulations are kind of off this week because I can't get to 30% implied on Chase Elliott. So I have to try to find drivers who present a lot of value to bet an outright on them. And to me, the only guy who really checks that box is Joey Logano. He is 16 to 1. My implied odds, uh, he, the implied odds there are 5.9%. I have him at 8.6%. That's a pretty big gap. But I think it accounts for the fact that Truex and Elliott are probably going to be the contenders for the win on Sunday. The reason it likes Logano a lot is a combination of road course history and current form. The road course history is very good recently. He's had four straight podium finishes on road courses. If you count the Bush clash, which was a non points race, but it was one filled with superstars back in February, it finished uh, third there, uh, finished second at the Daytona Roval third at Coda a couple weeks ago. So really good on road courses also finished third here back in 2016, one in Watkins Glen in 2015. So the road course history is there, but the form is good too. Logano has been tremendous in the 750 package so far this year. One in Bristol has had a lot of other good runs. So I think if you want to bet an outright, I think it's Logano or bust effectively because it's really hard for me to find guys with the upside to beat Truex and Elliott. So instead, if I'm not going Logano outright, I think that I'm looking in the the non-outright markets. Denny Hamlin to podium is plus 275. I think that's a pretty good number because Hamlin... Another guy like Logano in contention constantly on road courses, but also has really good current form. Plus 275, to me, a good number on Hamlin. Then for top 10 odds, I like Chris Buescher at plus 220 and Ryan Priest at 5-1. to one. Buescher has been top 13 six separate times on road courses, but only has one top 10. I think that one top 10 is kind of dragging his number down. He's been in contention, hasn't quite sealed the deal on road courses, but did finish fifth in Daytona last year. He has been top 13 in both races this year. He's having a career year thus far. So I think the Busher at plus 220 makes a lot of sense. Then Ryan Priest at five to one. He had a really good run at Coda last week or two weeks ago. Finished 15th, but had a 12th place average running position. I think that he's better than what the results would say. So five to one, that's actually longer than he was prior to Coda. He was plus 470 to finish top 10 there. I'm going to go back to the well with Priest once again and see if he can actually seal the deal this time around. Interesting. You know, you know I want to double down on something you just said before we go to DFS here for a minute. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned podium odds. And I know we talk about those sometimes, but is that more of a product when your simulations, Jim, don't match up with the odds? that you try and say to yourself, well, look, I'm, I'm missing something or something right. could be off. Cause I, I really don't hear you say that that often when we talk about these races. Yeah. It's because Truex and Elliot, like if, for me, 
it's so hard to beat them on road courses. Elliott has won five of the past seven. And if you bet a podium, you're not betting them heads up versus Elliott and Truex. You can say, okay, I'll give Elliott and Truex one, two. Mm -hmm. Then I think that Denny Hamlin can finish in that third spot. So basically, I think for me, Craig, it comes to situations where I know one or two drivers are going to be just disgusting. Like Kyle Larson at the Coke 600 last week, same thing. You knew he was going to be a force. It's hard to get to outrights for a lot of longer guys there. But if I go podium odds, I don't need them to win. I can get them right. finishing first, second, or third. And I think that in this situation where we do have two dominant cars like Truex and Elliott, I do think that I feel more inclined to go that route now versus a race where there may not be a definitive top option. Understood. Now, if only you could help us win the Belmont this week with a trifecta. <laughs> Who's going to be at that podium? That would be helpful, too, by the way. Uh, OK, let's look at DFS this weekend over on FanDuel. Uh, Chase Elliott, 14,500. Martin Truex Jr. is 14,000. We have Kyle Busch at 13, Larson at 12,500, Denny Hamlin 12,000, Byron 11,500, and then Joey Logano is at 11,000. Uh, Kevin Harvick is just below that. So uh, how do we build the DFS lineup this week? Yeah, so if you want to get financial exposure to Martin Truex Jr. and Chase Elliott, do it here. Uh, I think that despite the fact their salaries are fourteen five and fourteen thousand, they're still worth that. Especially Truex, I think he is a cash game staple and someone on whom you want to be overweight in tournaments because he's starting nineteenth. And in a shorter race, you want to prioritize guys starting deeper in the pack. So Truex at fourteen thousand dollars is a rock star level play for this week. You can still get to Elliott despite the fact he's starting second because. You get 43 points for a win. He might win. There are very good odds of it. So I would say pairing those two together for tournaments is a good way to play things for this week. If I had to pick one, I'd go Truex. But I do think that getting both in there is a fun way to play things. If you're not going with Chase and Truex, I think the second guy to turn to is Logano at $11,000. He's starting back in 13th. So a little bit of place differential juice there. If you're looking cash games, head-to-head, stuff like that, where you don't need to have a true top-end score, I would would say Truex paired with Logano, a really good way to start off lineups because they have a lot of safety due to where they are starting. If you're trying to find some salary savers because you are jamming in Truex and Elliott, I think that the, the main names I would turn to are Christopher Bell, Kurt Busch, Michael McDowell, and then on the bottom end, Ryan Priest is actually pretty fun. We talked about him to finish top 10. He's $4,500 on FanDuel and he's starting back in 27th. So that adds up pretty well, and he gives you a lot of flexibility to get guys like Bell and Kurt Busch in there. Bell starting back in 20th, Kurt Busch starting in 30th. Both those guys are in the top 12 in projected average running position on a model, so a lot of place differential upside there. So overall, Craig, the strategy for this week is to identify drivers starting deeper in the pack who have had good success on road courses and can get a good finish. And I would say that guys like McDowell, Kurt Busch, Christopher Bell, potentially Ryan Priest are good salary savers to turn to who can do that. Also, Ross Chastain and Chase Briscoe in the 7,000 range. And then looking at guys like Logano and Truex, who are studs, but maybe starting a bit further back, but have the ability to win and get you some plays differential points along the way. Makes sense. Uh, is, is Watkins Glen next week? No, that's it. I believe in August they've reshuffled the entire schedule. They still have uh, – they're going to Elkhart Lake, Road America uh, still this year. They're going to be racing the road course at Indy. They've got the Charlotte Roval coming up. So this is race three on a road course this year, but there are still four more. So we're going to talk a lot about Chase Elliott and Martin Truex Jr. and probably talk a lot about podium odds uh, on this show too because we got to find ways to get around them, and they are just such forces on this track type. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, it's very – 
infrequent that we've seen anyone go into a race this weekend with less than three to one odds, uh, such short odds to win any of these races. So it does make a lot of sense. That's why we have Jim here to go through some of those options. For those of you who, of course, want to get more information, go over to NumberFire, check out all of Jim's information, and of course, follow him on Twitter at Jim Sanis. Jim, thank you again for coming on. Have a great, enjoyable little mini time off this weekend, and uh, we will talk again next week. Thanks again. I appreciate it, Craig. Thank you very much. You have a great weekend as well. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Jim Sanis with us here on Fantasy Sports Today. Gray Albright also coming your way, talking some fantasy baseball. Plenty more to come here on Fantasy Sports Today. Stay with us. Stay on the grid. We're back in just two minutes right here on FST. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Network. Back to fantasy sports today here on Sports Grid, our weekly fireside chat with Gray Albright of Razball and Razball.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Razball. And while baseball games are live and going on, Gray is a tremendous follow because he is always tweeting stuff about the games and funny stuff as well. And we are competing in the same fantasy league together. We're going to get into that here in a minute. But Gray, it is great to see you here on this Friday. How are you? Hey, I'm good, man. It's good to uh, good to see you. I was uh, I was just looking at the league where we're competing against each other, and it looks like I moved ahead of you. So you did, you did. <laughs> it, 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 honestly, you moved way ahead of me, and then I moved ahead of you somehow. It's like it's it, we're kind of like back and forth, but uh, my offense is an absolute disaster right now. Um, like I like I don't know. Like every year, I, I try something different, and this year. I thought I had enough offense. I didn't. Con- I, I, but basically, I've made it through with no injuries to the pitching. But the offense, I just I can't find any replacements. Every guy I pick up, I'm like, oh, Johan Camargo, that sounds pretty good because Ozuna's out. Now he got sent down. It's like, ugh, like I, I just can't win with this stuff. But Gray is right. We're both in the 60s in terms of points. We play in the National League only. 
And and look, we got a long way to go here, but Gray uh, has has picked up 20 points over the last month, so it shouldn't shock you there. Uh, okay, so I I think we're we're not quite at the All Star game yet, and we're not quite there on making decisions about our fantasy teams. But we would be remiss if we didn't try and translate some of these things that are happening in reality to fantasy, Gray. And one of the things that's been brought up is the notion that you and I have talked about here is that the baseball is being doctored with substances. And at least from what it appears, we are on the cusp now of some sort of policing and punishment with that. Less spin rates, less strikeouts. Is there something proactive anyone can do? Would you do anything in fantasy right now to say, hey, maybe let me get ahead of this? Or do you think that baseball is sort of too chicken to take on the Players Association at this point in the season? Yeah, I mean, this is such a convoluted conversation uh, in some ways because, like, baseball went out of its way to make uh, to change the baseball to have well, MLB went out of its way to change the baseball in order for it to you know deaden whatever that means. So you know, so it has a uh, it has more of a drag and it's just not as conducive for offense. But then, on the other hand, now they're talking about cracking down on the pitchers with the foreign substances, uh, you know, with like tack and anything sticky in order to get an edge on being uh, uh, with grip. So it's just so convoluted because it's like, why would MLB change the baseball and then turn around and try and uh, enforce these rules for pitchers? It's like what it, it, both of those things are like contradictory. It's just it's just so weird. But um, you know, as for fantasy, I don't think there's anything you can really do as far as fantasy. Uh, you know, it's like if they crack down, you have to assume like it's sort of like what I was saying in the preseason with the the baseball going to be dead end and uh, there's going to be more great pitchers. Like if ever if the if base if MLB uh, has the you know enforces this across the board, then across the board every pitcher is going to be affected. So it's kind of like there's no way to really know who's cheating or not. I guess so. It's like how do you how do you uh, how does that affect fantasy? I don't know if it really does to be honest. Yeah, it, it's going to be hard because if it affects everyone, then there's nothing to do. Right. And if it affects. Exactly. If it affects some players, then you would have to, what would you do right now? You'd go look at everyone's spin rate and say who had the biggest spin rate change from last year. I guess like a good example would be Kevin Gossman, who looks nothing this year like he's ever looked in the past. And so if you were guessing, and you'd be guessing to say that, oh yeah, he's doing something illegal. If they bust him, yeah, it'd be great to get ahead of it. (laughs) Trade Kevin Gossman and say, I don't believe it. And then he could go the other way, but without knowing... It's, it's almost impossible. Yeah, no, definitely. It's like you're uh, uh, with Gossman, you're a guessman. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Yeah. I, uh, you know what, though? Honestly, it's like Phil Necro, um, you know, rest in peace, uh, was doctoring baseballs. Gaylord Perry was doctoring baseball. Like, guys are in the Hall of Fame who doctored baseballs. So it's like... What are you in? Are you now or like uh, MLB is going to crack down on something that is like been around in the game forever? Like what for? Like do stuff that actually makes a difference. Like with the, uh, you know, having the DH 
in the NL or like, you know, like Good it's point. like do stuff that really like can affect things, but changing whether or not like, uh, you know, I think the, uh, the uh, Indians reliever whose name I'm going to totally butcher, uh, Karen check. Yeah. Karen check. He, uh, you know, he was like, there was a video of him going around that looked like he was doctoring the baseball. It's like, maybe who cares? Come on. <laughs> Like, let's, like, look at things that are actually, you know, really affecting gameplay. Uh, doctoring baseballs, it's like, people like to see the ball move around like a wiffle ball. Like, look how popular Pitching Ninja is, right? I mean, you know. It is, but, but I think more action somehow is necessary. More con- more contact is, is necessary, I, I think, as well. Right. Um, okay, let, let's, let, let's, let's pivot over to one player. Who, when we started our, our show, and you you you've come on since March, and we've been talking about players since March. So, uh, you know, we guessed after the second week of April or third week of April that Adelis Garcia of Texas would eventually slow down and things would change, and maybe this wasn't legit. But as we look at his numbers here, Gray, and his on-base percentage is clearly low for anyone who's putting up these numbers because he simply doesn't walk. But this guy's got 16 home runs and seven stolen bases, Gray. And he's played in less games than just about everybody in terms of power. Uh, we, we could have never seen this coming. but and, and we may only talk about this next month again. But they opened up all-star balloting. We're sitting here on June the 4th. Texas, he's going to be Texas's all-star if, if indeed he's still on the team on July 31st. What in the world would you do with a player like this? Would, would you just keep riding it? Or do you have to try and find a way to get out from under it? What do you do? Yeah, no, I actually, uh, you know, it sounds like you're a, a Patreon subscriber to Razzball because <laughs> tomorrow's, uh, I have a piece coming out tomorrow where I'm saying, you know, at this point, I think it's time to sell him high. I don't think he's necessarily going to bottom out. But like you said, with the, uh, you know, the walks are really like, you know, they're a little bit concerning. And his homers just are, you know, like I was saying when he originally came up, I said to you, like if people are a uh, a watcher of this show uh, every week, you know when he first came up, I said people should go out and grab him. Yes. And I, and I still think like uh, a free price on him is great. Now at this point, he's a top five hitter overall. Uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, if you can get anywhere near that value for him in a trade – I think now is the time. Like, if you're looking at his, like, him as a stock price, I think right now he's about, he's at peak value. Like, there's yeah. no way he's getting better than this. I don't think. Now, you know, potentially, I guess it could just continue and go and go and go. But at this point, I really think, you know, in the last seven days, he's got a strikeout percentage of about 40%. He doesn't walk at all. There's going to be a huge dip at some point where he's going to hit about 210 on the year. I mean, not 210 on the year. For like a month or so, he's going to hit right. 210. His value is going to bottom out. And he's going to lose a lot of value from where he is right now. Yeah, and that's a good advice. There's a lot of people who are watching this right now and listening and, and thinking that they have the player of the year in terms of a pickup. And you may, but you also can turn that into something else, too. Uh, Gray sent out a tweet yesterday about Buffalo and their ballpark. I think we forgot <laughs> how insane that park was last year gray the marlins hit four home runs yesterday and they never hit home runs they hit four uh randall grichuk hit two and somehow that game was under like 11 or 12 runs uh this poor guy alec manoa who was you know everybody spent all their free agent acquisition budget on this past week 
Oh boy, good job there. This guy's gonna have to pitch in Buffalo at least for the next two months. I mean, I, I am I am very scared for any pitcher having to pitch there, and I am super bullish on the Blue Jays. Yeah. No. Oh, completely. No, I love the Blue Jays lineup from top to bottom. I think even as of right now, Lords Guriel Jr. is probably a good buy low. But as for the Marlins yesterday, I mean, Corey Dickerson was like, suddenly he's hitting home run. Wow. Right. <laughs> but uh, but Jazz, uh, like his home run, honestly, like I love Jazz. Like, you know that. But it was like, a fly ball. It looked like a pop up. Like it literally was like, how did that get out of the park? <laughs> I mean that was a little crazy. Yeah, no, and I and I think that that is is another part of the game that you got to recognize and you got to understand that you know ballparks are going to change and and we're going to see if they're going to still use the humidor in in some parks as well. There's no doubt, but uh, with and, and another lesson, real quick, Gray, thirty seconds to go here just on this topic, but uh, another great lesson about rookie pitchers, right? One good start. You got to be careful with that. You know, I mean, I, by the way, I, Manoa, it may have been just Buffalo. I get it. I got to be honest. He looked nothing like he did against the Yankees in that game yesterday. Like nothing at all. Like a completely different guy. Yeah, no, I know. I, uh, yeah, no, I feel like rookie pitchers, like the upside is so tantalizing, but the downside is really extreme. Like you have to be so careful about rookie pitchers. Like you think. Like, their stuff is great, but even if you look at, like, Kershaw, when he was a rookie, he had, like, a four-plus ERA. Like, they're not the same when they're rookies. Yeah. All right. Uh, real quick, Razzball.com, uh, Streaminator, uh, tell people what's going on. You mentioned the Patreon, too. Let's give a little bit of love for that. Tell us about that real quick. 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, no, I do the uh, waiver wire pickups. Uh, a, I release it on Friday on Razzball.com. But on our Patreon, I release it on Wednesday. So you have two days ahead to get it and uh, have, uh, you know, an advantage over your league mates. Well, there you go. Gray Albright with us. Follow him on Twitter at Razzball. We'll take a quick time out here on the show. We come back fantasy or reality. Get ready to close out our Friday here on FST. So stay with us and stay on the grid. Don't go away. If you offered me other sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads the squeak of shoes on a basketball court the crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We're going to get to a little fantasy or reality. We'll bring in Brett Levy for the hard-hitting questions here on the show. Fantasy or reality is our little true or false game that we play at the end of every show here on FST on, on, uh, on Sports Grid. But, George, before we get to this, I want to thank you for filling in all week long. I want to thank you for sharing your knowledge, your information, your picks on hockey and baseball and everything else. Appreciate you being with me here this week. I know that you and I have known each other for, man, it feels like at least 10 years we used to work together over on uh, on Satellite Radio. But thank you for sitting in this week and putting up with me for a few days. I appreciate it. It's been trying. I've talked to Cardano every day about why I have to do this. What did I do wrong? I mean, really, I, I like to become a hard worker. No, it's been my pleasure, Craig, anytime. It's always a joy talking sports for you. And, yeah, I would say it's been at least 10 years, if not longer. But, uh, once again, time flies, so who knows. But, yes, it's been my absolute pleasure. Well, thank you. And, George, hopefully next week you can make an appearance and talk some NHL on the show. We'll see if we can get that arranged. But before we get to next week, we got to close out this week. So it's time for us to kick it with a little fantasy or reality. And who do we count on for that? And who do we count on for the questions? It is Brett Levy, the Dallas Mavericks fan himself. Brett, what do we got today? A little bit about the NBA, but not really about the NBA, more so about a player and personal achievements. LeBron James lost his first ever first round series last night. He was 14-0 and 0 in the first round. So we got to ask the question, and George, we'll start with you. Another athlete in our lifetime will go 14-0 and 0 in a first-round playoff series. George, is this a fantasy or reality? Well, you know, my lifetime may be a little shorter than yours. Uh, so let's see. Another uh, athlete in our lifetime will go 14-0. and 0. I'm going to say I'm going to say reality. And the reason I'm going to say it is this. Sports nowadays seems to be the haves and the have-nots, right? Either you have a great team or you don't. I think it's going to be incredibly difficult. But I, I've been around for a little. Michael Jordan, now LeBron basketball, Tom Brady in football. Tougher to do here. I'm sort of talking myself out of my answer now, now that I think about it. But I'll still go reality here. <laughs> I think there'll be an – and then I'm like, right, 14. That's tough to do, 14 years. It's that's impossible. Sort of yeah, it's really – uh, I'm talking ever. myself out of it here. But still, you know, still, I'm going to go uh, – we're going to see another great athlete at some point. Come on. I do think it needs to be a sport like – I don't think it could be a team sport. I think it does need to be basketball be the best one to do it with. A guy who go because the one person dominate. I'll say reality, but – I certainly wouldn't wager a dime on it. Yeah, this is such a fantasy. And it was interesting to hear you say, George, you're already worried about your death talking about uh, I may not be around for it. I mean, of course, that's the way you opened up with that. Yeah, LeBron James is a generational athlete, and he's still playing at a high level at 36. And I suppose it would have – really the answer is this would have to happen with an NBA player or an NHL player – that is 18 or 19 years old. It's almost the only way it could happen because they would have to be on one team, be the best player, get the longest contract, uh, you know, kind of similar to Tatis maybe in San Diego, but San Diego would have to be good for 14 years. This is such a fantasy. It's such an unbelievable record to think about. I think LeBron had eight straight NBA finals or something insane like that too. But yeah, this is a, a no doubter in fantasy, but George, you were coming around to it. I could tell, so that's okay. 
I talk myself out of it. I definitely do. I started to realize 14 years, we just don't see this. You just don't. It does have to be, like you said, uh, NHL, yeah. NHL, you made uh, an NBA because they could start earlier. Generally, a baseball player doesn't start at that young of an age. That, that also kills here. And when was outside of a few teams here and there, when was the last time we saw a team be good for 14 straight years? Never. All right. Well, right. we'll hop ahead and uh, start talking about the uh, what was trending on Twitter last night. Sorry, it took me a second to find it. Uh, last night, we had the NHL playoffs going on, NBA playoffs going on. Fernando Tatis hitting a home run to put him in the home run race for a three-way tie at 17. And Choco Taco was uh, one of the top trending topics on Twitter, which leads us to ask, and Craig, we'll start with you. A Choco Taco is the best thing to get from an ice cream truck. Is this a fantasy or reality? Well, first of all, my concern is George has no interest in an ice cream truck and has never eaten any ice cream. That is a concern before I turn it over to George. Uh, but of course I have, and of course I have had Choco Tacos, and I would say that they are really good. In fact, I would say probably about seven or eight years ago, maybe I went to a local store looking for one because I was craving it, but this is fantasy. Uh, I, I am not, when the ice cream truck comes, it's rare, but I'm also not that picky about it. Like I, I probably, in all likelihood, I'm the kind of person that likes to try different things. So it could be an ice cream, it could be a candy, it could be, uh, you know, something else. But it's it's a rare thing for me to even be able to feast on one of those. The last time I ate ice cream off an ice cream truck was at a party for my son. He had a kid's party probably about two years ago. And that was part of the gig is that the ice cream, ice cream truck came and we were able to pick anything that we wanted. And just to be clear, it was not a Choco Taco that I picked. I did see the picture of it there but I did not go in that direction. So for me, it's a fantasy. How about you, George? All right. Now, first of all, I love ice cream, okay? I'm a big all ice right. cream guy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. got something. And, uh, George likes something. It took four days and eight hours, and we found something George likes. It's ice cream. Believe me, we're going downhill, though, because I have no idea what a Choco Taco is. I mean, no clue. Oh, of course. Uh, other than the fact that I love, I love tacos too. But I don't. I they don't have choco tacos here. At least I don't think they do. Of course uh, we they have Mr. Softy here. I've seriously never heard of it. I will ask my kids when I, when they come home now. Just like you know, the SpongeBob. I got now. I got to know. Am I? Just you know, this week you you would have learned about uh, SpongeBob and choco tacos. See, I mean, wasn't it worth doing the show all this week with me? Definitely. Listen, the the vast knowledge that I have now imported from doing this show will help me help me in my life achievements now. So I'm very happy here. But uh, generally we have Mr. Softy here and I'll get some soft serve ice cream, double cone. I like my uh, my rainbow sprinkles there, maybe a little vanilla, a little chocolate. If I'm gonna get something that's pre-packaged, I like a chocolate eclair. But really you can't go you can't go wrong here. It's ice cream. I love, I can live, well, can't live on ice cream, but I wouldn't mind trying. George talking about death again, can't live with it. By the, by the way, chocolate eclair is not ice cream, right? Just to be clear on that. No, it is ice cream, isn't it? It's covered with uh, it's ice an ice cream. Th it's not. Oh man, what have I been eating all these years? Haven't had one in a while. What's chocolate eclair then? Anybody? 
Chocolate eclair? A chocolate eclair is like it's like a pastry with chocolate no, sauce no, in no, there no. and then like a donut on top and chocolate. <laughs> no, this, that's Doesn't an eclair. It's something different here, I think. Unless it's I'm not an the wrong way. This, like, this thing's on a stick. It's, it's cold. It's, it's, it's ice cream. You covered something. <laughs> it's ice cream. This is I like, don't like eclairs. Yeah, I mean, we, this show has deteriorated to levels we I never thought we could possibly go. All right, uh, maybe maybe let's go. Let's finish it off with something, uh, Brett. I'm scared. I'm petrified. But what do we got to end it? You should be. All right. Well, George, I'm not sure if you've seen Wedding Crashers or not, but Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, everyone's back. They're filming this summer, uh, I think in Puerto Rico, I saw. Um, and we got to ask the questions because Wedding Crashers 1 was great. So Wedding Crashers 2 will be must-see. Craig, we'll start with you. Uh, is this a fantasy or reality? So this is an interesting question because the the sequels are always really tough to quantify. I think that I've made it known here on the show that I'm always up for a really good movie and I all, and I definitely am all in on movies, but I'm one of those people that let other people see it first and I don't read the spoilers and I don't want to know what happened. But if I hear the movie is terrible, I feel like that review has bailed me out. There are some people that say, oh, who cares about reviews? If I like a movie, I like a movie. Nah, I don't think that's the way it goes. If 10 people say a movie stinks, in all likelihood, it probably stinks. And that's what happened to me with a couple of different movies. Zoolander 2 was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And Anchorman 2 also did not come close to what Anchorman was. Now, I think Wedding Crashers was a phenomenal movie. And if you told me that the thing was halfway decent, I would absolutely go see it. Very similar when they released Coming to America 2 on, uh, on I think it was on Amazon. Amazon, I loved Coming to America 1. Coming to America 2 was actually pretty good, but I was also right there in my house. I didn't have to go anywhere. So I will say reality will be must-see, but I would say, George, for me, if, if the reviews are awful, in all likelihood, it would be a pass. So I'm kind of on, I'm playing it on both sides, I guess. But I'll say reality for me. Do you want to take a guess if I've seen Wedding Crashers 1? No, I don't. No. no. Well, no, I haven't. I haven't seen Wedding Crashers 1. And uh, so, no, this is definitely, uh, I'm going to go, I'll tell you why it's more fantasy for me, though. You already sort of said it when you, you went over your little thing there. How many twos are actually good? That they're worth seeing, especially now in a theater where it's more expensive. You know, you want to take a date to a theater now, you got to spend, uh, what, 30, 40 bucks just on movie tickets alone here. So, no, I'm not going to say it's probably fantasy here. I don't think the, uh, you know, the the sequels are any, usually they're worse than the originals. Actually, I didn't see one. Maybe it was a great movie. I don't I think comedies nowadays are terrible. I don't think they're very funny at all. And uh, I love movies, by the way. I literally have, I think, like 800 DVDs here in the house. And I constantly watch them while working, uh, recycling old movies. So I, and I like comedies, probably like dramas and action, you know, typical guy who's more than uh, most. Uh, but I find most most comedies that people think are great today don't make me laugh. They're just not very – more stupid comedy as well. So I'm going to say uh, fantasy here for that reason because I don't think I would like it as much as others. I think Craig is right uh, that I would rather – if I was going to see it, I probably – it's the type of movie I would want to see some reviews on first of what other people saw. It's not like going to see a movie where, oh, my God, I didn't want to hear this guy died at the end or this guy got – they got rid of this character. It's not that kind of movie where I need to go see it before other people. 
A lot of death discussion on here on this show, George. It's uh, it's 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 driving me. I'm a trying crazy, to kill the show. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're on our way. But yeah, I I think that that's the biggest misconception is that you, you need to go see a movie without knowing if it's good or not. I, I think it's just a huge mistake and a huge waste in time. If you could find out that most people say it stinks, in all likelihood, it's probably not good. I, I mean, people always play the other approach. Well, I don't care what anybody thinks. If I like it, I like it. And I just want to go see it. No. I mean, those people do not, they're not married. They do not have kids. <laughs> like They don't understand that there there is a time element involved in this. And if it's at home, yeah, I mean, you could put it. I, listen, I'll watch a terrible movie at home, and I don't care because I could just bail on it in an hour. But you're, I mean, and all that. I don't walk out of movies. Like if the movie stinks, I'm still gonna stick it out. Usually, I don't think I've ever walked out. It's been a while, at least. So, not a shocker there, unfortunately, George. But hopefully, you've seen The Godfather and Godfather Two. I hope we can agree that those were okay, decent movies. Godfather One. Godfather 2. Okay, I've got I'm, getting in, I'm getting I've got a head DVDs. nod from George on something. Ice cream and the Godfather for George Kurtz. We've come to two agreements here on the show. Nothing else. Ice cream and the Godfather. Okay. Thank you, George. We got the Sports Grid 60 coming up next, so make sure you stay with us. We're going to have one final opinion for the week. We'll be right back here again on Monday. Now, don't forget, all weekend long, We'll have in-game live, and also we're going to have George hosting this weekend, too. So make sure you stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Come to the end of the line and the end of the week here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. And before we leave you and before George leaves us for the weekend and for next week, we turn it over to Mr. Kurtz for the Sports Grid 60 as we end. George, what do you got? What's on your mind to end the show? I've got an uplifting little uh, story here for you. And I was going to uh, talk about it yesterday, but my cable company decided, no, you will have no internet. Now, if you watched the hockey game the other night, we all know that Mark Shifley put it on an illegal hit 
on Evans of uh, Montreal and knocked him out cold here. Uh, you might think it's dirty. Maybe you don't. It's the worst hit you've ever seen, whatever. I'm not going to talk about that. It is what it is. What I want to talk about is in the immediate aftermath, there was a scrum. A scrum where everyone's to get together there, pushing, shoving, face washing. But you see one player on Winnipeg. Not a Canadian, a player on Winnipeg, Nikolai Ellers. What he did I thought was magnificent. He shielded everybody from the prone Evans on the ground to make sure they didn't fall on him or trip over. The guy was knocked out. And he shielded. You just don't see this, that a player from another team cared about somebody else on the opposing team in a playoff game. Literally shielded his body to make sure and put his hands out that the other players who were involved in the scrum not paying attention weren't going to fall over this man on the ground. I thought that was an incredible moment of sportsmanship that I don't think I've ever seen in a hockey game. All right. Well said to end the show. Good topic. Uh, Well, this weekend, what will be the main sporting event watch this weekend? Will it be the NBA playoffs? Will it be the Stanley Cup playoffs? Will it be Major League Baseball? Will it be the Belmont Stakes? Nope. It's going to be Floyd Mayweather Jr. fighting in an exhibition against Logan Paul. The fight is Sunday. There will be no headgear. They will not announce a winner. Who should you be rooting for in this fight? Doesn't really matter to me, but I have one opinion on this. The only thing that could possibly be worse than anything in sports would be Floyd Mayweather losing this fight. Because that would mean that everything that we think we know is is completely out about boxing, and it means there's something fishy going on. There's no way Paul has any right in beating Mayweather, and if he does, it's all for a second fight. I hate to root against Paul, but I sort of want to see the normalcy resume. That'll do it for the show. Thanks to James at LTN for Brett, Danny, and Ryan, and George Kurtz. I'm Craig Mish. Have a great week. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.